0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Best Pictures Podcast. I'm Ian, and this is Maggie. And on this episode, we are doing the 54th Best Picture winner, Chariots of Fire.
1: Chariots of Fire is a 1981 British historical sports drama based on the true stories, the, well, the modified true stories (laughs) of two British athletes in the 1924 Olympics. I'm going to say right at the top. Much like this movie, this episode is going to be a hot mess. Hopefully, a more entertaining one, though.
0: Not to get too far ahead of myself here, but I-, I just think back to the first three quarters of this movie and I'm like, it's kind of all the same.
1: Yeah. I, you know, I, I, we'll just continue through background and then we can, we can delve more <laughs> into it. But I, I do think it was very telling that. Before we started tweeting this, because I think this was one that neither you nor I were really excited about. Mm -hmm. We do try and go into every movie, even the ones that we're not excited about, with open minds. And I think we've been mostly successful at that in the past, but neither of us were pumped about this one going in. And so I had tweeted out, We're about to watch this. We're not exactly pumped. Is there anything? Twitterverse that you like about this movie or that you think we should really watch for or pay attention to, nothing positive came back. Everybody who responded, which we appreciate your responses, but nobody had anything good to say.
0: Yeah, I have a couple redeeming notes. No, no, no. That's too strong a word. I have a couple positive (laughs) notes that do not redeem the film.
1: (laughs) I have have a, a positive one here or there. But I will say, in writing the screenplay for this movie, uh, Colin Welland did actually have access to the letters for, um, the, or the letters that Aubrey Montague had written home. So a lot of those letter voiceovers are actually taken from his real letters. His son provided them to the writer.
0: Oh, thanks! I hated it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I. I don't think they were used appropriately,
0: uh, yes, <laughs>
1: and something that i I want us to come back to is that one of the producers said when they were looking to make this film, they said that they wanted to make something in the mold of a man for all seasons, which If you've listened to our past episode, A Man for All Seasons was, I believe, the 1966 Best Picture winner. It's about Sir Thomas More and his standing up to Henry VIII um, during the split of the Church of England from the Catholic Church. And he's very much seen as like a man who stood by his morals in the face of great political and social pressure and, of course, Mm -hmm. ended up giving his life for that. I feel like this doesn't quite match up.
0: <laughs> okay, so A Man for All Seasons was not my favorite of the Best Picture winners. It was a perfectly fine movie, and the acting was really good.
1: Right. But I did really like it. So I think I think that goes to show that it's not that we don't necessarily as a group like films about somebody standing up for
0: morals. You just got to motivate their morals a little more than just, I run for God, or yes. I run because okay. I... Like, yeah, anyway, we'll get into it. I
1: when we get to that scene, I have like a whole thing about that. In preparation for this, the actors who played runners did actually undergo three months of very intensive training. I feel like all the slow mo did them some disservice in getting to show off said training.
0: (laughs) That is really funny. I had never thought about how backwards it is to use slow mo in like sprint running.
1: Okay. So my big thing, you know, who cares? You know, this, this movie didn't care about my entertainment. I don't care about structure in this podcast anymore. So. My big thing with this was like when you picked like not the best spectator sport, like running isn't to me the most interesting sport to watch, but also the whole thing with running, like the one interesting piece about running is watching them go fast and run fast and being like, "Ooh, that person ran really fast. Every single race is (laughs) slow-mo, so you don't even get to enjoy the one thing that this sport has to offer.
0: But Maggie, it's about the struggle and the sticking to your values in the face of insurmountable pressure that is diffused extremely unsatisfyingly by deus ex machina.
1: And it's like the lowest stakes in the entire world. Exactly. I think that is that is a huge thing I have in this movie. Is like these stakes seem so low. Anyway, sorry. It somehow got nominated for a lot of awards. <laughs> so uh Hugh Hudson got nominated for best director. Ian Holm got nominated for best supporting actor. Who did he play?
0: He played uh Sam.
1: I have no idea who that is. I also have no idea who most of these characters are because they all kind of looked and sounded this Oh, I did like Musabini.
0: him. He, he did actually have one, did pretty he good. He had
1: one scene that I really liked, actually. So I take it back. I'm I'm so sorry, Mr. <laughs> Colin Welland won for best original screenplay. Massive questions to the Academy on that one.
0: Okay, but was it the delivery or the writing? Because like in more... Both.
1: I think it was both. I think it was 100% both.
0: I think the acting could have made it a lot better, though.
1: I think that this movie is inherently flawed with the number of characters it tried to squish in the, the fractured focus of it and just the lack of an ability to build tension, which I think is, especially that lack of ability to build tension, I think is a writing flaw an editing flaw, a scoring flaw. I think it's a lot of flaws wrapped into one. Um, Malena, oh gosh, I did not write this last name clearly. Um, Arrow, one for best costume design, which like, I'll give it to her. But thinking of some of the other stuff like that was out that year, I don't know if this is necessarily the one that would have blown me away. But like, it's fine. Like the costume, like the costuming's good.
0: I think the costuming is actively good. And I'm, I'm thinking I'm saying that less because of all of the just everyday stuff, but kind of how... She did things to differentiate the athletes during the Olympics and and stuff like that. Like I I can see it.
1: There were a couple choices in particular that I think were good. Like that, yeah, that's that's the one I'm fine with. You. <laughs> um, it was nominated for best film editing. Disagree. And Vangelis won for best score. Which here's the thing I will say about the score: it is incredibly iconic. People who have not watched this movie would probably recognize the score. I don't like it. I find it... So I there are films that I think do a very... What's that called when it's like out of time. Yes, very anachronistic scores. I think A Knight's Tale, for example, and I think do it well and where it fits. I did not feel that it fit here. The extreme synth kind of bothered me. And then also it was a very slow score, which again, it's a sport that's all about speed.
0: And honestly, that is my main complaint. It didn't feel like we ever hit the right note with the score. And even in the most triumphant parts of the film, the score was just kind of medium.
1: (laughs) I think I would have enjoyed the score and frankly, the movie more if they had taken a different take with the score. And they do it at points where they have like the period music, like with the choir and -hmm. with the people like actually singing and stuff. I would have loved to have more period music woven into the score. Like I think, I think like a Max Steiner esque score. He's the one who I always think of with that. Who will take a piece of music, and really like, like from the time period, really weave it into the score. I think about like the Marseillaise and Casablanca, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. So I think if you'd gone with a kind of Steiner esque score, I think it would have been a lot better. Um, the Academy in nineteen eighty one disagreed with me. Um I don't want to spoil <laughs> this yet, but there is one in particular that was nominated for best score that I just why would you ever give this score the Oscar over the other movie I'm thinking of? We'll get there though. Speaking of which, other nominees. Ian, are you ready? I specifically asked uh, you not to look ahead and of time I didn't, for this. And
0: so I don't think I am ready, but go for it.
1: <laughs> Atlantic City. On Golden Pond, Reds, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh. We could have watched Raiders of the Lost Ark. This is another
0: Star Wars situation.
1: It is. It is another Star Wars situation. That's the one that was also nominated for score that I'm like, that score is perfect and it fits perfectly with its movie. Like,
0: Okay, we can't dwell on this because I'm just gonna like hit stop on my recording right now and go to bed.
1: <laughs> I um yeah, before we recorded, I had to go get some wine to get through this and Ian had to take a nap. So that's that's <laughs> where we're at right now. I already announced it on Twitter without Ian's permission halfway through watching Chariots of the Fire, but we're gonna do a special episode on Raiders of the Lost Ark next because we deserve it. Everyone just stick with us through this one. And get excited for that one
0: well we'll see if i can remember what happens in this movie <laughs> other than lots of running
1: oh, for real so this for some reason is number 100 on afi's top 100 cheers it was also nominated but did not get into several other afi categories including 100 movies score the score did not get into score
0: Oh um, Okay, but also like the lead song is so iconic. Like I get it. I I just don't think it works. But, with but the I'm movie. also now
1: wondering why is it because it's become the the slow mo running with that score has become a parody of itself.
0: Don't think too hard. This movie didn't.
1: Ian, I overanalyze everything. <laughs> That's the whole reason this podcast exists. It was also nominated for the top ten of ten for sports films, but did not make it. Um, you know what movie was? Nominated for the top 100 movies list and did get in, Ian? Rocky. Yes, I think that's correct. Um, I know that's in the sports movie. Um, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Raiders of the Lost Ark is in AFI's top 100. I just think this, I mean, we've seen it over and over again where the movie that wins Best Picture is not necessarily the one with the cultural staying power. And it's more about what people were looking for at that time, though. I have questions for the Academy of 81. What were you looking for? Were you like, I'm sick of watching movies and having fun. But the fact that like I could have watched one of my absolute favorite movies is just it hurts and I'm lashing out.
0: I mean, the Academy takes it personally, so
1: (laughs) the Academy cares so much what we think.
0: all righty so notes i guess let's go yeah so again open with that iconic score and the slow-mo running which i'll be honest like i think it was kind of a cool shot and a really good score
1: i kind of hate this we've seen this in with a couple biopics uh lawrence of arabia immediately flashes into mind although i think lawrence of arabia does it better but this framing device of like having it start as like a memorial or it start with the person's death. And then it's like a flashback. And I don't like that. Like just start the movie.
0: Yeah. That was a complete throwaway scene for me. Like I just,
1: I I just, I don't quite understand the function of it unless the function of it is to set up telling us that these people were like important so that we, but but they can't show us they're important. So I did some research on like, the 1924 Olympics, limited research. So if anybody can prove me wrong, please do. Because my thought was, I was like, okay, maybe this is a story that I'm not familiar with and that I just in and of itself find very boring. Um, I am not a runner and I just struggled with other aspects of this film. But I was like, maybe the 1924 Olympics is like super important to the UK historically or like was really important at the time culturally i was thinking specifically about like how the 1980s winter olympics is like a big cultural touchstone for the us with like the hockey game against the ussr so i was like maybe that is something like the 1924 olympics like it's maybe this huge thing for britain is like a signal of them coming out of world war one or something Everything I found was like, the 1924 Olympics is famous because of this movie. So then I was like, why are we here? <laughs> why should I Why should I care about the 1924 Olympics and whether or not these people win it?
0: Well, and so let's keep going with the notes because I agree. Because the movie does not give you a reason to, to care other than telling you. Okay, we get the flash forward and then we flash back to the training run that they were just in and get this wonderful voiceover
1: with so much slow motion and s- it's it's long too. like it's a long segment of us just watching pasty british dudes run on a beach
0: <laughs> yeah it's just very very indulgent and not very satisfying in my opinion
1: yeah it, it hadn't earned it that felt like a moment that should have gone at the end of a movie yeah that's fair it felt like it hadn't been earned
0: I would. I'll give it the very first like opening theme. I'll give it that. But mm-hmm. yeah, after that point, I'm I was over it. <laughs>
1: You're kinder than I am.
0: But we do get introduced somehow to all of these characters who really we don't like know the names of, or know who they are, or why they matter for a long time.
1: When we're thinking about our runners, because there's a lot of runners uh, for recording. See, I completely forgot that there was a fifth one. And then two of them, I cannot keep separated because I'm like, you guys look too much alike. And you both have so little function in the story. Um, Let's focus our conversation on our two main runners. Sounds good. Abrams or Abrahams. Different people say it differently in the film and little.
0: Perfect. So we start with Abrahams. And his arrival at Chaos College in Ox—no, uh, Cambridge.
1: <gasps> How dare you! I will say I was really excited that they were at Cambridge. <laughs> I love Cambridge.
0: Also, I corrected myself. I only got like a half syllable into the wrong. College.
1: They're going to come for you. Yeah.
0: It. You know what? Over this movie, do it. I'm ready to go.
1: <laughs> I would love to hear. Like, and by
0: go, I mean not fight, but just like off me. It's fine. I would.
1: <laughs> I would love to listen to somebody explain their love of this movie to me like genuinely like I would I would love to hear a different take
0: yeah I agree but immediately they do start to try to like deal with some themes of classism and anti-semitism and all of this but like the the porters at the train station immediately strike me as like them trying to say oh these really well-off runners are like not the same as the people that are supporting them and there's even this like trite Line, well, contrived line about oh, we fought in the war so that these these good old boys could get their education, and I I literally rolled my eyes at that.
1: Well, I think they set up classism, and they do touch on the anti-Semitism a little bit more throughout, but they don't ever fully lean into either of those, and I feel like. Abraham's like it seemed at first like they were setting those two things up to be like reasons why he ran like I was Mm -hmm. like oh these are going to be the reasons like why he wants to prove himself and everything but that doesn't seem to be the case until like this one speech at the very end at which point I was like why didn't you really like show me this throughout the movie or show me this throughout the movie in a believable way like it was it was like they would just tell me Stuff and never show me stuff. Like, I never fully bought into these characters' motivations. And it starts with like these very early scenes. Exactly. Also, fun fact about that opening scene I see we both watched the American version because the British version actually opens slightly differently with a cricket game. Now, when the movie came over to the US, people were a little worried. Like, the studio was a little worried that it was going to get a G rating. And G ratings were seen as synonymous with children's films at the time. So in order to get the PG rating, they had the wounded soldiers at the train station. That's like the reason for that change. Oh, God. To get a PG rating.
0: Could you imagine children sitting and watching this film? (laughs) I'm sorry. I I find that hilarious. (laughs)
1: I oh, it would boy. be like a punishment, right? Like you have to sit still, and because this movie's only two hours, it felt like five. It,
0: it did. So they get to college. Abraham's dealing with some anti-Semitic remarks when he checks in for his room and all that stuff.
1: He makes really friends with one of the runners that I don't Aubrey, remember. I think was name. the runner. Is that Montague? That yes. He's the letters dude. Okay. Which is weird that we get a lot of his letters because he's not, I don't even think of him as a main character. I was like, oh, is he going to be our audience way in to like watching this rivalry and event unfold and like, he'll be our way to watch the drama. He's not even like a main character. So I don't know why we have his voiceover.
0: Yeah. I, yeah, I'm confused by it but they they essentially established Abraham's at this college, you know, having his freshman dinner, looking at all the wonderful clubs they had. I will say I did kind of like the camera work in the scene with all of the clubs. Cause they had it kind of free form. It was for first film. We've seen that much movement, at least that I'm remembering in like holding a camera, panning around, it made it like, not I'll as dull you. as it could have been. I,
1: I found the camera work <laughs> and like, the shot composition, in general, to be underwhelming.
0: I mean, my understanding is the director was a uh, like documentary filmmaker, which is not an excuse so much as an explanation. Like this was but his I, first feature I've film. Seen
1: doc- I've seen documentaries with like fabulous cinematography.
0: Uh, yes, agreed. But we are leading up to the first like main running scene where. It's the, they have to run around the courtyard. It's
1: the court run. So this is actually done at Trinity College in Cambridge. Um, For everybody who's wondering like why I love Cambridge so much and I'm acting like such a snob right now as I, I made a face at Ian. Um, I did like a summer program over there or something, but uh, yeah. (laughs) Um, But they're basically kind of like setting it at their college and the whole idea is that when the clock strikes 12 you have to run all the way around the court before the last strike which is very difficult to do
0: it's very large very distance. few people
1: have done it in real life
0: mm-hmm. and again an- another critique they have some school administrators observing this f- with absolutely zero like they're not adding At all.
1: No. There's
0: no reason for them to be in that scene.
1: There's not a lot of emotion in this movie. And I I feel like the Brits not being an emotional people is like very much a stereotype, but like nobody nobody's given me anything. Like nobody in this movie seems to care all that much about what's happening. So like I as a viewer certainly don't.
0: The only person that I think cares is Jenny
1: don't even get me started okay jenny. well what well,
0: well, so if we if we switch if we over started
1: later on jenny
0: <laughs> i was gonna say we can switch over to our introduction of eric
1: i will just well let me just say abraham's is the like he does the court run mm-hmm. and then i think here is where we have that second supporting character who i always get mixed up with montague whose name i can't remember but he's the fancy boy and he's I,
0: lord uh Hen- henry
1: he's the closest we get to a fun character in this one There's a bit where he's jumping over hurdles and he has champagne glasses on each of them. And he's like, if I spill a drop, let me know. I was hoping he was going to hit the hurdle, grab a champagne glass, knock it back, and then go for the next one. But we didn't quite get there. Well,
0: it's fine. Lord Andrew Lindsay. Okay. Yeah, they're having a good old time for a totally unknown reason. But switching over to Eric Little, we get introduction with him in Scotland at a Highland Games with some running going on. I thought the scenes there, like, visually gorgeous when they're walking through the hills. But that's mostly because Scotland Scotland is just pretty.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I don't think that's the cinematography. They didn't have to try very
0: hard to make it pretty. The landscape,
1: yeah. Also, as someone who's been to a Highland Games, the... I'm not even sure if there was running at the one we did. It, there that was. seems like the least. That's seem- oh, okay. Well, it was not <laughs> nearly as captivating as the people throwing heavy things. So,
0: I mean, in all fairness, in the 20s, I'm or I guess it was the teens. Then it Highland games were probably this would
1: be different. 20s, I think.
0: Um, regardless, yeah, that, that's how we get introduced to Eric. He is very Scottish. He makes this. I don't very know. Very devout speech. Yeah, very varied about. But the, the thing this movie does really often that I just can't stand are, are, are just these extemporaneous feeling speeches. And it's just them sitting there but pontificating.
1: They don't seem to actually feel. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. there's no like if they're being like, hmm, I feel just like so inspired by this thing. And it just makes me light up from within. But they sound so bored by it.
0: Right. And that's the thing. Like, they're not.
1: I don't believe it. Exactly. I think that's the thing is, like, I don't, like, the stakes are already so low in this movie, right? Like, the stakes are wanting to run, wanting to run in the Olympics, which, like, wanting to do any sport in the Olympics is a big deal, but it's not a life or death situation. So, like, when those stakes are more of, like, an internal, this person wants to accomplish this thing... You have to believe the importance of that accomplishment to that person. And I just don't believe it for any of these characters.
0: I I could not agree more. And all I'm going to say is Rocky.
1: Yes. Yes. Think about like how by the time you get to the end with Rocky, when he's sitting there telling Adrian, I just want to go the distance. Your heart just hurts. And here my heart was like, are we even still alive? And it wasn't an are we even still alive because we're just so emotionally rent by the goings on in this movie. It was are we still alive because like there there's there's nothing.
0: Yeah, I got nothing. I got nothing. So yeah, Eric ends up running a race. He wins it, of course.
1: He's he's basically there's like kind of a montage of him like making a name for himself, right? And people are starting. Yeah. We're starting to see people talk about both him and Abraham's for the Olympics mm-hmm. and as like being the best runners in Britain.
0: Yeah, and that that's when we start kind of moving into the first of our like seventeen training montages. <laughs> which the first time around, I, I was actually kind of like, okay, this is an interesting way to film it. I, I, They did at least contrast some slow-mo with some not slow-mo. <laughs> so. Can I just
1: say, these were some of the most boring training montages ever. Because usually during a training montage, when you see more of like an improvement cycle, like usually, again, let's talk about Rocky, which is... Mm-hmm one of, I think, the greatest sports movies of all time. It's certainly my favorite, and it's kind of like our good example from the movies we've covered. The beginning of the Rocky training montage, which is like one of the most famous training montages in cinema history, he struggles at the beginning, and then we get to see him triumph at the end. I didn't really see any perceptible changes in these training montages. Abraham's did that
0: run, and successfully, the first time he tried it. Like
1: <laughs> Yes. Well, and here's the thing too is that like usually part of a training montage is running, but like the whole thing they're training for is to run. So all we're doing is just watching a lot of running. Like they're not there's no weightlifting, there's no punching sides of meat in a slaughterhouse. There's no standing on the top of the steps with your fists in the air triumphantly. <laughs> like there's it's it's a lot of running and some interesting prancing.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, you're forgetting the high knees. They're I'm sure th- I'm important. sure this is all like
1: technically, <laughs> if you are a runner and you're training and you're a sprinter, I feel like a lot of this is probably technically accurate, but it does not make for the most exciting viewing.
0: Uh, no, no, it does not.
1: No shade to runners. Okay, maybe a little shade to runners.
0: Okay, you know what? I hate running. I hate running. I like running. I don't like sprinting, but it's fine. If
1: I do have to run, I'd rather sprint.
0: I'm just a glutton for pain. I'll just go out and run for two hours for no, no discernible reason. It's great. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we do move into a, a, a little bit of, I, I don't know if it's like cat and mouse-ish is how to describe it, but basically Abrahams is wanting to see this Eric Little and goes to an event to watch him race. Um, I, I think ultimately the intent there is to try and get some coaching, which,
1: I think it's to try and set up tension of a rivalry between these two characters that it seems like theoretically could have been an interesting basis of a movie. And there have been many sports movies that have hinged on a rivalry. In fact, a lot do. Um, They set up this rivalry. And at the end of the film, it doesn't pay off like we we see them. We see them race against each other once And it's kind of in the middle of the film and it's not super exciting.
0: Yeah. And I did read that they were in one synopsis. I read that they were supposed to be friends and I felt that that was even more off base than them being rivals. (laughs) Like they interact three times.
1: Yeah, we never really see them interact that much. Um, I will also say here's another case where the slow motion like really does the actor dirty as far as like showcasing the training because... This entire race with Little, pretty much the entire thing is in slow-mo. Almost every every single race we watch has mm-hmm. some slow-mo. Most of them are basically all slow-mo. Um, so the entire race is in slow-mo, and then at the end, when we get back to regular speed, they have Little like collapsing on the ground and exhaustion. But because we watched him run in slow motion, it feels like like over dramatic like the way he's acting afterwards feels over dramatic whereas i'm like if i had got to wa- like gotten to watch him in normal speed and mm-hmm. see how fast he was going then like i would be so much more impressed and like watching him collapse would not seem ridiculous
0: well that particular race because he was shoved off the course fell down and still won like I think it was pretty evident that he overexerted himself.
1: And didn't you watch though? Everyone was running so slowly.
0: Oh my God. <laughs> I actually wrote that down that that was a dirty, dirty trick from the person he beat, but he still won. So it, it's all good.
1: But like, wouldn't it have been so much more interesting if he then lost the race. And then if like, he had to like work his way back into qualifying. Yeah. Can like you imagine had any like,
0: stakes, any stakes, like,
1: like the natural tension that that would have built. And then we could have watched an emotional struggle happen.
0: Yeah, and I don't even understand why he was running that particular race. Like, it was no, just I a have No, I
1: have no idea what the qualifying process for the Olympics was. Like, I, I had no idea what exactly these people needed to accomplish to get where they wanted to go. And I had no idea why they were trying to get to where they were going.
0: Yeah. So we'll leave that behind for a minute and go into what is one of the worst on-screen romances I've ever watched.
1: shoehorned romantic subplot. Yep, this was awful.
0: It starts with an opera scene, which is replete with yellow face. Awesome, love it. Don't actually love it.
1: It's really long. We're watching a bunch of rich people sitting in an opera box. Abrahams is clearly interested in one of these singers And so is one of the other guys, apparently. And then Abrahams is the one who actually goes and asks her out. Yes. And apparently he was like, oh, yeah, she was like, he's the famous runner. My younger brother loves him. And I was like, I'm sorry. Or like, like, I'm sure within running circles, famous runners are a thing. But like, would would it really have been like that big of national news
0: is it that it's that big of national news, or there are so few people alive in 1921?
1: I mean, they just got out of a world war. Oh, and Bryn was hit hard oh, by it. So, mm, oh, you were being facetious. I, I thought you were making facetious. an actual I was point not on like the timeline. <laughs> oh shit! I,
0: <laughs> I mean, I'm I guess walk that back. Maybe,
1: a maybe you can though make a because they they do touch on the fact that the war was very recently several times. I mean, you mentioned the opening scene, but they do at other points too. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I think that's not a bad point. And then I could also see like a country that just went through something that horrible being like, yes, let's all focus on these people running races right now because our national trauma is a little mm-hmm. too much to handle.
0: Hey, fair. But I-, I will say I had texted you before this when I was watching and was like, and eh, the acting's not that bad. And then I got to this scene and I thought it was horrible because they end up going to dinner, like just. Same night as the play, all that fun I stuff. I feel
1: like the actress is trying, but her energy levels are not where anyone else in the movie up to that point has been. Also, just every character in this movie is on a scale of mildly to utterly and completely insufferable. Like, I didn't like anybody. I found everybody really annoying.
0: I thought Sybil was fine.
1: I found her really annoying in the date scene. I like. I, I. She got me back on her side later, and we'll get to the scene where she got me back uh, yeah, on her that's side. Yeah,
0: uh, But I, I think my biggest complaint with that is we were at hundred miles per hour immediately, and it it felt like, and oh, very oh fake. god, it, exactly. It's like novice actors trying to play it having lots of familiarity in a long term relationship, and it it just did not fly. It's
1: a first date, right? So like. I don't think it being awkward was... I think they were trying to go for like this awkwardness being overcome by like two people really clicking. But I just... I don't know. It was like kind of a mile a minute. Like it never... I don't know. It just... It didn't work. It just didn't work. And I can't vocalize exactly why.
0: The way that I interpreted it is it was awkward because... All they were going through the motions of being close friends without any emotional substance behind it. Like first date awkwardness is you don't know the person, and that is why it's awkward. This was awkward yeah. because they were pretending to know the person.
1: But then that leads didn't. to more awkwardness because, like, she does bring up that like she didn't know he was Jewish, and then he, he she has the line or something where she's like, "But it hasn't hurt you," and we're all like, "Oh, Sybil, you can't." editorialize somebody else's experience. Um, and he he basically says that it's more, what is it? He's more that they, I'm led to water, but I'm not allowed to drink. So because she's talking about the fact that he comes from a wealthy family, he's studying at a premier college. Yeah. Um, he has the leisure to be able to train for the Olympics and be a runner. Um, and he's making the point of, it's not so much that like, I do the opportunities aren't necessarily there but that they're harder for me to get like it's like it's harder to close on them because of the anti-semitism which I get but then we never really see that happen to him like there's the one bit where the college people are being like they're mad that he hires a coach because they're like that's what professionals do and we're only about amateurs, because again, the ability to not be paid to do something, but to be really good at it is totally a wealth thing and a oh, status sure. thing. But that's resolved really, really quickly.
0: I do struggle with that in this film, because on, on the one hand, I don't think they really, either through the way that Abraham interacts with the world, or he talks about the world, really demonstrate the motivation behind him wanting to prove that like him being Jewish is not a problem and that he is quote unquote overcoming it by running. Like, I don't know. I I don't feel like we need to be so voyeuristic to like have him, you know, beat up or something like something more extreme. But at the same time, there's very little and it's mostly incidental when they talk about it.
1: It's, it seems it's, it's so, mm neither you nor I are Jewish, so therefore, like, we obviously don't have the final word on, like, yeah. whether or not this film successfully showed that experience. It seemed like the film wanted wanted the kudos of giving lip service to it without really following through on it being a more integral part of the character. I mean, I guess then there's an argument for saying that, like, that is a piece of that character's identity. It's not their full identity. Mm-hmm. And I get that. I just, I don't know. Just it, like everything else in this film, it just kind of fell flat.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. So anyway, they're an item sort of now after that really awkward date. I think ne- next big plot point is that he finally gets Musubini on his side um, and this is with the race with Eric and uh, Abrahams.
1: Only time we see them race against each other. And this is where, like, up until this point, I was like, not particularly a fan of Little, not particularly a fan of Abrahams, not really a fan of anybody. But I was like, kind of OK with Abrahams. He loses this race. And his reaction was the
0: worst I run to win come he's on dude he's like pitching Fuck a off. fit about
1: having lost and he's like I'm never gonna run again and this is where Sybil got me back on her side cause <laughs> she's like grow up you're acting like a baby he's like if I can't win I won't run and she's like well you can't win if you don't run so like What are you going to do about it? And then at one point she storms off and I was like, good for you. And I was like, this man now is going to have to do self-reflection. And then she like comes back and it's like, but I believe in you. And I was like, no, Sybil, run. (laughs) This is a man child. And then I was like, okay, well, and this is also halfway through the movie too, right? I was like, if we'd seen this earlier and then we got to watch Abraham's like grow as a competitor or maybe this like, drives him into a spiral because of the competition with little, or maybe he like starts to see it as this like really big rivalry. That's one cited, mm-hmm. but then he overcomes it due to like the bonds of running or something. It, it, it was fodder for character development that never happened. And I just didn't want like watching this. I didn't like watching this like upper class man pitch a fit. Cause he lost a foot race. Like, it wasn't even a qualifying race, right? Like, it was just, he was like, I've, it was just that he'd, like, never lost before.
0: There's your struggle, but the way that he treated it <laughs> means, well, I already didn't like him, didn't dislike him, didn't like him. Now I, like, actively have some disdain.
1: He moved so, up the scale from mildly insufferable.
0: Exactly. So I think kind of on the road to the Olympics, there, there, um, we'll, we'll go back to Little for a minute, um we do get some development. We should talk about
1: Jenny at this point.
0: So yes, Jenny, we do want to talk about that because she is kind of like the personified tension of uh, Eric's faith. Now he doesn't seem too bothered by it because when he talks about it, again, I get no emotion, but we do get some of that interaction where he is basically getting chewed out by his sister for like being late to a church meeting.
1: Again, it's the lowest stakes. Like it's, it's your sister's going to be a little mad at you. And then she's like, I don't like what running's doing to you. And I was like, ah, yes, running. The thing that we all know is the worst thing that anyone can be I involved in. I had the in.
0: same thought. <laughs> I
1: had a thought of like, this is channel two action news. Are your kids into running? Find out tonight.
0: Like, Well, and you notice in that scene, there was like this little aside at the kid that wanted a, 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 an autograph. And I was like, that is so... It's like course. your pride like, and vanity. vanity
1: and it's like it was one child um uh, and it's it's not even that he missed church to run he was late ian
0: uh, i cannot
1: somewhere around here there's a conversation with like him and like i guess another pastor or vicar anyway he talks about like oh, well, like, I, I run for the Lord. I, like, feel God when I run and stuff. Oh, and no, I was like, he's okay, talking well, to like, his
0: sister while they are walking. He talks to after, her about it, like, too. Uh,
1: he talks to oh, mul- he did he this twice? This multiple times to different people. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh. Because
1: I'm like, Ew, if this is the case, shouldn't this just, like, solve all the tension? And it doesn't, but also, like, the tension isn't. I was like, if that's tension that could realistically so easily be solved, then, like, it's not good enough tension. <laughs>
0: Yeah, like just don't run on Sunday. We'll get to that in a second.
1: (laughs) I got thoughts on the don't run on Sunday. Come back to me when we get to that. Oh, also, I just would like to note, I would like to note really quickly that we did see a butt in the locker room before Will and Abraham's ran when they had this weird showdown. I just needed to note that.
0: I mean, it's important because we don't after the first couple, there were like none for years decades even. <laughs> yeah.
1: We just have to note them.
0: Exactly. Um, but he is going to Paris. Like He's like, I'm going. And then I'm going back to China on my mission, which I'm not going to lie. When I learned he was a missionary in China, I was like, mm, like you less now, but that's fine.
1: Yeah. You're like, oh, there are some imperialistic overtones here. Also, I love that Jenny's like, oh, good. You're going halfway across the world. Thank God. Like She doesn't really seem to care a ton about her brother. And then He's like, but after I run in Paris. And she's like, that's not good enough. And I'm like, Jenny, girl, calm down.
0: If she could have clutched her pearls, she would have. But she is too humble for pearls.
1: I don't know if she's allowed to have pearls, Ian. I just I, I just needed her to calm down like a lot.
0: It's she, That is the thing about the character of Jenny in this film is like, she's a caricature.
1: She is because we've, I've. I'm trying to think if we've covered them on the podcast, but like there are definitely movies where like there is tension between a main character and their family. And it's based on like religion or religious differences where like the tension there can be very effective. And like Mm -hmm. the characters on both sides of the argument can be very well rounded and fleshed out. That is not the case here. In this case, neither of the characters are that well-rounded. Jenny is not at all well-rounded. This is, This is the one thing for her character.
0: Her thing. Yeah.
1: There is no nuance.
0: Switching gears to Abraham's leading up. This is, I think the one scene that I I thought was most important is that like ambush scene where the two college administrators have that discussion that you mentioned about that. You are supposed to be an amateur. Why did you like contract a pro and somebody that is, Oh my God. Italian and Arab too. And Arab.
1: So we're getting more of that racism.
0: Exactly. And I think to some extent that probably has classist overtones too. Because they're like up on their high horse. Well,
1: and it's definitely also a reflection brought about by the first world. I mean, I'm sure that that racism would have always existed, but especially coming out of World War One.
0: Yeah. But Abrahams does tell them off. And that that speech was, you know, a little bit superhuman, but I was also like, okay, yeah. You go in.
1: (laughs) We got like a fourth of the emotion that I think a real life human being would have shown. (laughs) Yeah. Which is more emotion than we have seen up to any point in the film. I just like that. That speech should have been such a like stand up and cheer moment. And it just wasn't because like the buildup had not been there in the script I feel like performance-wise, we just hadn't like at that point. I still had like I was, and through most of the movie, but especially at that point, I was like, I still don't know why this person cares so much. Yeah, like I want to know why this is important to you. We had no none of the Disney "I Want" song,
0: and it didn't even need to be in a song, but we didn't get any of it.
1: <laughs> I know I was speaking metaphorically, but yeah,
0: I do. But I. I actually really like that metaphor. I'm gonna have to remember that.
1: Well, and I I just feel like this whole scene, it was, the purpose of it was to, like, fabricate a roadblock because there weren't any natural roadblocks in the script.
0: But at the same time, there were no stakes coming out of it. Yes,
1: and the, like, I don't know. I just don't know. Continue.
0: (laughs) We will. On the, like, I'm going to like gloss over the entire set of scenes leading to getting on the boat. Do it. I don't care. Awesome. But the biggest thing that comes out on the boat scenes after some, you know, like jaunty tunes where uh, apparently Harold can uh, like sing, sing and play piano. So they have a good time. We get a voiceover of some. Uh,
1: Who cares?
0: It It is. But we do discover that apparently some of the heats for qualifying are on Sunday. And that is a big problem for Mr. Little.
1: Okay, here's here's my question. If you are running for the Lord, surely you can run on a Sunday, right? Like surely surely God would not care if you're doing it for God's glory. And then also I feel, because this whole thing goes back to like, for a devout Christian, the Sunday is the Sabbath, you don't work on the Sabbath. How do you define work? If he loves running, is it work?
0: Yeah, is that way his way of like, I'm worshiping? I'm clearly
1: I am clearly not very religious. So, but yeah, if it, if that's as he has previously stated in this movie like basically a form of worship for him, why is it a problem?
0: Yeah. It's I don't know. That that this is the hill he chooses to die on and he has like a very in, well, I'm not going to say very emotional, but he's like at the side of the boat in stormy water with all of these like crossfades and thoughts. and
1: Which leads to a scene of like the British Olympic delegation being like, just run on a Sunday and him being like, no, my morals. And this is supposed to be his big moralistic stand. This is supposed to be his Sir Thomas More in front of the court taking a stand. And again, the stakes are so low because it's not there's no there's no physical stakes at all. We've not been properly set up for emotional stakes. And then also like they just solve it really quickly and so he never really has to actually make any sort of choice. Like he never has to be like I'm not going to do the thing that I came here to do. Like he does has to sacrifice nothing. And then people are acting like they're like that's a man who sticks by his morals. And I'm like, he took someone's spot in the Olympics and then is refusing to run the race that he took someone's spot for. Like you're lucky. This other guy is like, I'll trade with you. And then also that other guy's like, no, I'll just not run in that one. Cause I already won my medal. That's I don't, that is not realistic at all.
0: <laughs> well, th- the way that that entire scene was diffused in like five, five seconds, yeah. just, I-, I felt like,
1: It would have been so much more interesting if he had to make the choice to either run on a Sunday or not run at all. And then I think it would have been interesting if he had chosen to run on a Sunday and his sister had come to support him anyway because she realized that love is the most important thing in supporting the people you love and that like this is his form of worship mm-hmm. and that like just because it's not her form doesn't mean that it's incorrect. So I think we could have gone a little bit deeper and more nuanced on all of this and instead we didn't.
0: And instead we get a, a wonderful scene of uh, Little reading some scripture in a church while other people are running their time trials. There's lots of slow-mo. There's some comments oh about how God gives one strength.
1: You guys, new drinking game for this movie. Take a shot every time they inappropriately use slow-mo. I'm joking. Don't do that. You will die.
0: (laughs) Cannot recommend, but also I might try it sometime. I don't know.
1: No, don't, Ian.
0: Getting crazy these days.
1: Can't. (laughs) Only shots of water. Let's talk about Abraham's race.
0: Yes. So he is on a series of races, and he is doing really shittily, like, And actually, he's not doing that shittily. He's like placing near the top based on kind of where I see them, but he's taking it very personally. And I just think about that scene where he's getting a massage from his coach and more pontification about the ideal man and how you, my friend in the corner, Aubrey uh, Montague, are compassionate and courageous and all this. And I'm just sitting there thinking to myself, why am I watching this?
1: But this doesn't feel courageous. Like, you're running a raid. Like, again, like, I just haven't been set up to care. And, like, I I actually do really like movies where the stakes are, I like to call it seemingly low. Like, it mm-hmm. isn't like, oh, if we don't do this, the whole world will be destroyed. Like, I actually like the, quote, unquote, seemingly low stakes. But the key to that is you have to make me care. And you have to make mm-hmm. me care about the characters. And you Don't hear.
0: No, not at all. (laughs) But we do get to the race.
1: Can I say, though, there's one line and this is where I was just like, I'm fucking done. It was when Abraham says, I've known the fear of losing, but now I'm almost too frightened to win. What does that even mean? What does that even mean?
0: Like, literally, I I did a full body (sighs) eye roll at that.
1: And this is the first time that he gives any sort of monologue or like explanation to anyone of why he cares about this. And it's far too late. Yeah. It's far too late. And it's like not phrased in an especially like relatable way. So why are we doing it?
0: (laughs) Great question. I, yeah, I got no good answers. I will say that as, as we kind of like progress through his little locker room scene where he gets the charm and the letter from, uh, Musabini, the soundtrack hit all the wrong notes, um, in the race itself. I actually really loved how they filmed the lead up and this particular race.
1: Yeah, I did too. Where it's dead silent.
0: Exactly. And then the soundtrack from Mars Attacks comes in. At least that that's kind of what I heard in the like synth, but.
1: Well, I kind of liked actually that it was kind of like a heartbeat. Like it was like a very steady heartbeat, which then I think if they had stopped the heartbeat and then the gun went off and you had the heartbeat get fast. Like I think they could have done more with it. Like every now and then there's a scene earlier where you have that person going down the line, slamming the chairs. Yeah. So they, like, had a couple kind of cool things, but then they never took it, I think, as far as they could have. We watched this race multiple times because it's a 100-meter dash. So, like, those are over in a matter of seconds, right? So they show it to us the first time full speed, which I was like, oh yes, show me this. (laughs) And Abrahams wins. And then they... Show me as like people are congratulating him, including Little, who is there watching, comes over to to, congratulate him. And they like hug. And I'm like, where was this rivalry that was like so set up? And then now it's just not Mm -hmm. a thing. Okay. But they also like cut back and show us the same race in slow-mo.
0: I wasn't mad at it. I kind of liked it.
1: I hated it. I was like, I just watched it. I know what happened. I don't need to see it again.
0: I mean, fair, but I think it could have been cool with different, um, depending on what they had done with the sound, it could have been really cool and dramatic. Also, if you cared about him winning the race, it would be cool.
1: <laughs> I think it's only cool and dramatic if he loses and then is having to go back and think about it. Also, by that time, you're just so sick of the slow-mo.
0: Yes, you're, it's overused at this point. I agree with that. I wasn't mad at it. But he won. Yay. Anyway, Good for him.
1: that is, here's the problem too with the fact that we basically have two main characters and then actually quite a lot of the movie is not centered on their rivalry is because you almost have like two, and I'm going to air quotes this, climactic moments because I don't think they're that climactic because you have to do his race and then you have to do Littles. Whereas like in the traditional sports structure, which like, works for a reason you have the person training to do the thing and then you end with the big event and here it's like the events aren't really that big and aren't treated as any bigger than any other event we've watched and there are two of them
0: i literally forgot about little's race like have a note here that is like oh right little hasn't run yet
1: I think it would have been more interesting if we'd focused on one of them. I think we could have done more and we could have actually done it properly if it had been the focus on one of them.
0: Or just gotten rid of any of the supporting characters. Like, we didn't need all three of those.
1: Yeah. Oh, we've also been, just fun fact, at this point we've been introduced to the American runners and there's the one guy who thinks he's really cool <laughs> <laughs> who cracks me up. Um, and that actor actually what uh, starred in a sports movie a couple years before that, that is actually an incredibly good sports movie. I think, I know it's not everyone's cup of tea, but Breaking Away, which is about cycling. Oh, nice. But that follows a more traditional sports structure and like does things like makes you care.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Little's Race, I actually liked better because he was like a smidgen of an underdog, like a smidgen, because he is usually a short distance.
1: But he's not though, because he we've never seen him lose.
0: Oh, yeah, you're right.
1: Like, they say he's an underdog in this. Like, they're like, oh, yeah, he's a... Because he's running the 400, and usually he runs the 100. So they're like, oh, he's going to tire himself out. But the problem is, like, we haven't seen that be, like, a concern to Little at any point. We've also never seen him lose a race. Like, if they'd shown him losing a longer distance one, then I'd be more concerned. So, like, I don't think he's an underdog, Um they also do a thing where they have one of the American runners like hand him like a Bible verse or something that I think is supposed to be like a I support you and having made a stand or something. But again, the stakes on that were so low because he didn't actually have to sacrifice anything and it all worked out his way in the end. So it didn't feel like he actually made any sort of meaningful stand.
0: Yeah. I'd agree. So we do get to see that Jenny is in the stands to watch him, which is Sweet, given her of ab- opposition.
1: I, oh, but it would have been so much more meaningful if he had chosen to run on Sunday, and then she showed up more, and they had actually like instead of us watching a man do hurdles with champagne glasses. As much as I loved that, and I cannot stress enough, <laughs> um, if instead they had spent more time on the Jenny Eric contentious relationship over this, and then he decides to run on a Sunday, and then she shows up. And like is supporting him. And then if they've properly made us like Eric and Harold at this point, then we have to watch them face off against each other because then now we're as an audience emotionally conflicted. Cause we're like, I don't know who I want to win. None of that is how the movie actually goes.
0: No, but he wins and we have the second climax of the film. Yay. I was also
1: never worried about either of them losing at any point. Cause like we saw, we saw Abraham's, lose some but not like a ton and we never saw little lose which is gonna is there anything else you want to add or do we want to talk about the concept of the underdog
0: oh only thing that i want to add is again we we get this like ho-hum homecoming where sybil and uh harold reunite and then we have to flash forward again to this funeral why why did we have to do that didn't have to do I that. Hate that
1: framing. De- <laughs> I hate that framing device. It's so unnecessary.
0: But that's all I had. So, yes, underdog. Okay,
1: cool. <laughs> so the underdog is, I think, a quintessential part of the sports genre, right? Like you have to have an underdog. And really, honestly, it has to be your protagonist because you have to have somebody to cheer on and you have to watch somebody for whom success seems unlikely if not impossible and then like the whole thing with the sports genre is you watch them overcome all of those trials to do the thing that they so desperately want to or need to do you know and whether that is an underdog because of their class their race their gender their um ability even like that's that's all wrapped up in that I -hmm. I think they were trying to set up Abraham's as more of an underdog because of like class and religion, but I don't think they did quite as much as. Like, they could have been making him an underdog. I think towards the end there, they may have tried to make a little bit of an underdog with, like, the, oh, he's running a longer distance now. But again, like, we'd never seen him run a longer distance and lose, so I didn't really buy him as an underdog. And so I think the mm-hmm. fact that this film lacks an underdog really, really hurts it because I have no one to cheer for. Like, there is no stand-up-and-cheer moment. And again, we've brought it in multiple times Think of Rocky. Yeah. He doesn't even win. But he we've watched him struggle and we've seen like what this means to him emotionally. And he's such an underdog. So then when he's like, I just want to go the distance, that's all I want to do. We're so invested. We're as invested in him going the distance as we are in him winning, if not more. Mm -hmm. And so even to see him lose but accomplish his goal, it is one of the biggest stand-up and cheer moments I can think of. And that's what I wish had happened here, but it didn't.
0: Yeah. I'm sad about it. It could have been so good.
1: I am too. Because the more we talked about it, the more I was like, because initially I was like, oh God, it's a movie about running. Like, no wonder there's no tension. There couldn't possibly be. But you actually could, like if you use staples of the sports genre, like the idea of an underdog, if you focus up, certain characters more if you lean more into the rivalry if you give us an opportunity to get to know and care about these characters more than like it could have been really interesting.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think a lot of the issue that we took with some of the more stylistic choices would have hit more would have hit completely differently if like the characters themselves were good, believable and like we could cheer for them because I'm thinking about the way that the runs were done at the end like If I were also reveling in their like success, I wouldn't have cared that I watched the hundred meter race like four times because it'd be like, hell yeah, they did it. But I just don't care that Abraham's won. Don't care. Well,
1: and I, I also never for a moment thought he wouldn't. You know what I mean?
0: The way they built into it, I was like, I had like a tinge of maybe not. And he did actually lose to little at least, so I like it was a maybe. That is
1: true, but then he was but, such a baby about it that I didn't care. He yeah. won. I just, <laughs> yeah. Let's just let's just rank this one and be done with it. Let's do it.
0: I know where I want it.
1: I know where I want it too. You go first.
0: Mm-hmm. Sounds good. So I'm gonna put it at number forty-seven. Remember, we've done fifty-four of these, so it's not the bottom of my list, but it's 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 in my bottom ten for sure. So that puts it uh, after Annie Hall and before All the King's Men. So I think All the King's Men again was such an editing disaster.
1: <laughs> it is just so fundamentally flawed. I feel it's like just yeah, so bad. But yeah, it's basically so. This is your lowest of not just absolutely fundamentally flawed movies,
0: more or less. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that that's really why it went out there. I think with Annie Hall, as much as I took issue with a lot of the characterization and especially you know, Woody Allen playing himself, like that film was more entertaining.
1: It's also technically really, really good and interesting it to is. watch.
0: And I actually did care about Annie not being in a relationship with this insufferable
1: With Alvy. So
0: like I there were some stakes there that I could like hang my hat on and be like, okay, I watched something happen. Did not get that from *Chariot Sapphire*, so
1: no, mine is in a very similar place. It is my number forty-eight, so I'm putting it above *Going My Way*. I *Going My Way* was it had some very fundamental flaws to me. I did not enjoy that movie. I'm putting it after The Greatest Show on Earth. I had more fun watching The Greatest Show. Well, The Greatest Show on Earth is definitely flawed. Definitely flawed. I had more fun watching it. There were much clearer stakes for certain aspects of it and certain characters. And in The Greatest Show on Earth, I saw pieces of a story that could have been really compelling and had they been handled cor- like appropriately and correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not a ton in this that compelled me. Like I didn't really look at this and be like, I see the potential within as much <laughs> like I did with Greatest Show on Earth.
0: I-, I saw some potential, as I mentioned, but it just, yeah, no, no. So I guess we do not really recommend Chariots of Fire. I, I think... Watch just like the opening montage for the iconic I, soundtrack.
1: Me too. I just.
0: I mean, just so you can say you did like, not because it's good. But, but
1: everybody <laughs> kind of knows it anyway. Like I everybody didn't. knows this. Everybody, but Ian knows it anyway. So <laughs> literally when yeah, that started, I, just, I was
0: like, Oh, this song.
1: <laughs> but, but yeah, like you, you would recognize it. I just, yeah, I can't, I just. I can't recommend this one Um, again to any of our listeners out there who do like this movie or who have some like strong positive points for it. I would absolutely love to hear that. Um, I, there definitely could be things that we missed. There could be things that like we were looking at from a completely different angle. So I'd be very curious to hear that. But uh, like I said, when, when I kind of like threw it out there and asked people, I got a lot of like, when I was like, what's a good thing about it? I got a lot of like the credits. So (laughs) (laughs) yeah,
0: that's rough. So next time, I don't think we've made a decision for official official yet, but it will either be Gandhi or Raiders of the Lost Ark. Wow. Excuse me. (laughs) Raiders of the Lost Ark. (laughs) We'll see. Jury's out.
1: (laughs) We will for sure be doing an episode on Raiders. Um, I'm not sure if it'll be next. Uh, that might depend on some scheduling stuff. But yes, join us next time for Not This, which I feel like is a selling point enough.
0: <laughs> that it is.
1: You can find us on social media. We are at Best Pictures Pod on Instagram and Twitter. If you have something more long form, please email us at bestpicturespodcast at gmail.com. And. As we say to join us next time for Not This. Thanks for listening.